Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Wednesday. Hump day arrives. NBA playoffs still rolling. How about Lakers-Warriors last night? We're definitely going to dig into that. Still cleaning up stuff from the NFL draft. There's always NFL news. There's always football. You know football never dies around here. Longhorn fans, at heck for that matter. Aggie fans, anybody else that has a big game September 2nd, you're 122 days away. We are getting there slowly. But surely, we're glad to help you get through it. We got our normal Wednesday guest today. We'll dig right into the NBA. And I must start the show with an announcement. Otherwise, stuff may be going a little bit wrong at home. We'll get to that. Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What up, what up, what up? Happy Wednesday, Herb Body. Feeling good today. Chad, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. If LeBron and Steph give us that two, three, five, six more times, I'm good. Oh, I'm praying for seven. Oh, man. That was something last night. It was good. I am doing well. Weather's good outside. Hopefully, we can enjoy some of that before crazy summer shows up. Let me just start with two quick announcements. Uh, First off. Today's my 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, beautiful. Happy 20. Shout out to my wife. Happy anniversary. I uh, can't believe it's been 20 years, but in a way, I can't believe it's been 20 years. It's kind of one of those things. Uh, so shout out to anybody who's been married 20 years or longer today. Uh, also, happy birthday to one of our coworkers here. It's KK's birthday today. Oh, Christina. Yeah. Love Christina. KK's birthday. Christine, the great Christina Killingsworth, one of my favorite people in radio all time. Um, she's one of those people that when you get, you know, if you're if, if you can get around her at the right time, the happiness that is spread is very contagious. Very, very contagious. She's also one of those people that gives out the kind of hugs you want to receive. Yes. She's one of those. If you have that friend, coworker, family member, whatever it is, where you know that hug is going to make you feel better, that's Christina. So happy birthday to Christina today on this May the 3rd. Yeah, Christina has a special place in my heart. When I applied to intern here, I don't even know how long ago it was. She could have easily looked at that email and went right past it. But she didn't. Yep. She took it. Yep. For some reason, she took it. And here we are now. Yeah. There's people that in this business that I say, I, I want people around me that think about radio the way these other people do. But I want people around me that feel about radio the way she does, mm-hmm. the way Christina does. Because she just feels it in a whole different way. Happy birthday to uh, KK today. And uh, happy anniversary to my wife. On purpose. 20 years. Man. I have not. I, I don't have anything on her. I don't make like, there's not like some drastic amount of money that she's trying to get. I wish there was, but there's not. Just that real love. Somehow, 
Right. That radio love. Tell me she wanted this. I don't know. Y'all yeah. story is still one of the greatest love, love stories of all time. Like somebody should make a movie out of y'all's story. <laughs> that would be, because uh, it'll be nostalgic. You could go back a little bit. It, it'd be a throwback. And Rick, for a lot of people. And Rick Carlisle could play me. <laughs> <laughs> John Kitna could play me. <laughs> See, they gotta be a little bit younger, maybe uh, so now. We, we get a Carlisle could play you, yeah. but yeah, yeah. We find someone. Yeah, get like a like a young Giovanni Rabizi, yeah. shave the head. Aaron Paul. Can Aaron Paul play me? He's way better looking than I ever was. Let Aaron Paul do it. Aaron Paul would make you believe that my life was way more interesting than it actually is. <laughs> He's such a good actor. All right, so uh, we'll we'll start it that way. If you have anything to throw in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. I heard uh, the texters were messing around with food stuff today on Light the Tower and talking about spam and all that kind of stuff. Shout out to spam, man. Spam's underrated. Yeah, I, did, I, I had definitely did a decent amount of spam growing up, man. Spam is like the, you know, like, Hawaiian country ham is kind of the way yeah. I look at it. I grew up with a lot of ham, bacon, all kinds of stuff. And my granddad used to fry up some spam <laughs> and come on now. My granddad was one of those guys that did I don't I don't ever remember him preparing anything that didn't involve frying. He fried everything. His fried eggs, his fried this, his fried, all of it was fried. But when that spam showed up, that was special stuff. Yeah. It was very I good. can still smell the spam being fried up and cooked. It has a unique smell. Mm-hmm. It's good eating. It you is. do it right, season that thing up. It's good, good eating. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, so we hope you're having a great Wednesday today. Uh, we'll dig into some NFL stuff at 1230. But, uh, Zay, let's start with the NBA, man. Last night we were looking forward to it. Game one, Lakers and Warriors. I think it's safe to say that it paid off. Um, now it depends on who you're rooting for, I guess. But either way, man, that game once it hit, I can't even remember the point in the game. Some point in the game in the '60s, I think, when it was tied, yeah. and I just thought, God, this has been awesome. I can't wait to see how it finishes. One seventeen, one twelve. Lakers win the game. Where do you start to explain this game to someone if they didn't watch it? Um, well, if I were the if I was a Warriors fan, I wouldn't trip. I really want it. Okay. You knew coming off of that King series, you were going to come into this series a little tired because that series was emotionally draining and physically draining from Draymond stomping on folks to <laughs> Looney having to out rebound to bonus, to Steph Curry having to drop 50 just for them to advance to the second round. That's a lot for a team that has a lot of miles on them. People forget this team's been to the finals a lot. And they've been six times and won it four. They got a lot of miles. Ask Clay about his ACL and Achilles injury, about, you know, being injured and just the miles that they put on. So coming into this series, the Lakers had to win this one. They had to. And they got the job done. They almost blew it. It was 112 to 98, and the Warriors went on a 14-0 run at the end of that fourth quarter to make things really interesting. And Jordan Poole, he's getting a lot of heat today. I don't think he should be getting that. I don't think he deserves that one bit. You got to take that shot. If anything, Steve Kerr, he deserves to take that heat. You have two timeouts. Once you see Steph Curry get double teamed with about, what, 12 seconds to go, you call that timeout. So that's a situation where they did have a timeout they could have taken. Yeah, they had two. Instead of that other one earlier in the playoffs. Yeah, they had two. Use it. You see Steph Curry getting doubled, use the timeout. Of course, Steph Curry's going to make the right play. He didn't want to. 
Right. He held the ball for a while at half court. He was waiting. He was like, come on. He was like, coach, call a timeout. Okay, you're not. I got to give it to Draymond. Draymond swung at the Jordan Poole. It was a deep three. But look at Jordan Poole's stats. Look at his numbers. That's what I was just about to say, He right? was knocking them down. He shot better than Steph and Clay yesterday. 7 for 15, 6 for 11 from the three-point line. So him having a wide-open three in that moment, I want that. Like, that's his John Paxson moment. Yeah. That's his Steve Kerr moment. That's his Steve Kerr moment. And right? Steve Kerr let it roll. It, Steve Kerr, what is he going to say? Right. He was that guy. Right. Mike would only have five if it wasn't for Steve Kerr in 97. He's giving you 21 off the bench. He's having a good night. You mentioned him yesterday that he had to be good. I hear the guys in the pregame last night tell he's got to be good tonight. He's got to give them uh, a really good game. He had, obviously, he's first, he was out there at Steph range. If Steph takes that shot, we're all just yawning. If even if Clay took it from out there, we'd be saying, "Yeah, that's that." But they couldn't get it off. That was a I, nice defensive choice there by the Lakers. We're such a prisoner of the moment because you have the greatest shooter of all time on the court. He just dropped fifty, and why wouldn't he shoot the shot to tie the game for a three? Why wouldn't he? You know, it doesn't make sense if you look at it from that way. But again, if you didn't watch the game last night. It won't make sense. It makes sense if you watched it. He was open. Jordan Poole was open. You got to knock that down. He missed it. Steve Kerr could have called a timeout. He let it roll. They still got a great shot. Yeah. So give me your thoughts on, we went in yesterday talking about the Davis-Looney matchup. And I, my theory going into this series is already wrong. I did not think Looney was going to have another game where he went 20 or more boards because of Anthony Davis. They each had 23 rebounds in the game last night. What did you make of Davis, Looney, and how each side dealt with it? Yeah, Looney has a hard time just stopping Anthony Davis in general, and that's a problem. The rebounds, they weren't as meaningful because beforehand you had Sabonis on the outside, and when Looney would get the boards, everybody would come crashing in, leaving those shooters on the outside. The Lakers, once Looney got the rebound, they just stayed. They didn't budge. They just stayed on the outside and stuck to Steph, stuck to Clay, stuck to Jordan Poole, where the Sacramento Kings, they would all collapse just to help because that's a natural basketball reaction. Like, and, they don't have all, as, and they don't have as much size. And they, they, they kind of naturally size. know that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you got LeBron James out there, one of the best IQs <laughs> ever played. Is like, he good? Yeah, he's pretty good. Is he good? He's pretty okay. good. So yeah. he's going to make sure you're in the right spot and make sure everybody's Ooh. locked in. So the, those offensive rebounds that Looney had, they weren't as impactful as we saw in the previous series and gets the Sacramento Kings. Now, I will tell you, again, if you're the Warriors, you're in a good spot because Steph and Clay, those were open jumpers. They just missed them. And you got to think, the legs coming from the series. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. And I told you in prep, Chad, something that Steve Kerr might have to go to that might be one of the most oxymoron things you could ever say in the history of basketball, but in order for the Warriors to win, he might have to do this. Hmm. You might have to let LeBron James try to take over. Oh, wow. You might have to let the all-time leading scorer have to beat you in three games because he does not want to do that. And, again, he didn't play well last night. He only had 22 points on 24 shots. Yeah. That's not very good. Yeah. His three-point percentage in the last six games or seven games Ooh. from the first uh, series is atrocious. Yeah, it's one terrible. for eight last night. He's horrible from three. So Draymond on that comeback, that 14-point run, Draymond was kind of sitting back and was like, shoot it. 
you're not making shots. Right. Shoot the ball. Backing off. Backing off. Come on. So right. I'm going into these next games. And, and again, LeBron, he's so smart. And the Lakers, Rob Halinka and this front and that front office, they did a, such a good job of making those midseason trades. Getting Rui Hachimura, which won them game one in against the Grizzlies series. Getting D'Angelo Russell, who got 31 points in game six. They have multiple guys to where LeBron doesn't have to take that responsibility of having the ball in his hands all the time. But it's a gift and a curse. The gift is you got LeBron sitting back, you know, conserving his energy, Mm -hmm. chilling, and then he'll pick and choose when to attack and be aggressive. The con is since he doesn't have the ball in his hands much, he doesn't have a rhythm. So he can't – those shots that you see, he's not in a rhythm because the ball's not in his hands. Back in the day, the ball was always in his hands, so it's easier to get a rhythm. Him playing off the ball, it's a little bit more difficult, especially at age 38. So Austin Reeves, he still has to be big. D'Angelo Russell, he had a solid game last night. He was nice. Dennis Schroeder was great last night, making Steph and Jordan Poole work on the defensive end and then guarding Steph full court. Vanderbilt was good. you got to let him shoot too. you got to live with that. All those shots, he didn't make many shots yesterday. He hit a big three in the fourth quarter, but if you're Steve Kerr, hey, every time you're open, shoot it. Let Will live. That's a will live moment. Right. And you might have to say the same thing about LeBron James just to help Kevon Looney with Anthony Davis. So here's what I'm trying to figure out for Golden State because it's an interesting point you're making about do they really need to be concerned here. Can Golden State afford to do a version of what they did last night and keep it going. Do they need they may need to adjust a little bit with Davis or LeBron. So here's the way the points broke down last night. In terms of three pointers, Golden State's advantage got them plus 30 more points because they ended up with or excuse me plus 45. They made 15 more threes than the Lakers did. So they're plus 45. But when it comes to the two pointers, they ended up minus 30. That gets them to plus 15. Then they were minus 20 on free throws. Yeah, that's the game right there. And that that ends up in your five-point margin. Obviously, no big shock here. Those are the only kinds of shots in basketball. Twos, threes, and free throws. Thanks, Chad. You're you're welcome. Okay, so that's how it broke down last night, Zay. James Naismith is clapping in his grave right now. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Dr. (laughs) Naismith. So you just pointed out Russell and uh, and Schroeder. They each had 19. 38 between them. We know what Anthony Davis did. If you're Steve Kerr, I heard ideas of of maybe what you're talking about. Do you let LeBron take over? Do you double on more on Anthony Davis? Do you let him go crazy and if he can get get 40, just shut everybody else down? Do you double Anthony and then make somebody else beat you? Whatever. Go zone. I heard that. All these things. But could the answer just be dare the Lakers to do that three more times? Yeah. That's what I kept thinking today. Like, the Warriors did not have the exact game they would want to have, but can they really play that game of our three-pointers are going to beat your twos and free throws at some point? And you have to believe that and lean into it and go. Can the, can the Warriors actually win the series that way? Well, they got to attack Anthony Davis. They seemed a little fearful again in that paint. Every time somebody went into the paint, Anthony Davis was there, and they kicked the ball out. They got to attack them so they could get to the line and conserve some energy and knock free throws down, and then the outside shots will come. Do I think they can live with playing the way they did last night? Yeah, I do, but I still think you got to let you got to double team Anthony Davis way more, I way would've. more. Like Absolutely. even Looney on the island, 
that's the key to this for disaster. Dude, and he's destroying them in the mid range. Oh yeah, yeah. He's knocking that and jumper down. It. He's hitting that floater. He can't guard him like you did, Sabonis. Yeah, you nailed it yesterday, and we talked about that uh, about the matchup. You said that exact thing because if he leaves him alone, Davis is going to kill him, and he did. Yeah, I mean, you got to live with D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs. You just got to live with some stuff. Because everybody's good at this point. Uh-huh. So you got to go Bill Belichick, take away their greatest asset, and say, you know what? You other guys, beat us. And if you could beat us, then salute to you. And then what you're saying, back to the LeBron point, if you double on Davis, even if the guy he gets it to is LeBron, what you're saying is that's still LeBron off the ball. That's still LeBron not bringing the ball up the floor and controlling things like he used to. Yeah. And he's not as comfortable doing it. He's not in the rhythm right now. Right. He hasn't found the rhythm he yet. He just can't. He hasn't found the rhythm. A big part of his game throughout his career is having the ball in his hands. The more the ball's in your hands, the easier it is to get a rhythm. Since it's not, he's playing off the ball. He has to wait for people to create for him. And then all of a sudden, the shot clock's going down. They give him the ball, and he has to hoist a three up. And that's just not good basketball. So, yeah, if I'm going into this next game, I'll put Draymond on him at times and just play off him and see what happens. The other thing we're watching, I think – and that's a dangerous game, Chad. That is dangerous. That's, that's oh, a yeah. dangerous game. That's why I'm saying right. one of the biggest oxymorons you could probably do is tell the all-time leading scorer, hey – Try to score on us because it is. LeBron. We don't believe in you. Like LeBron still got like forty, ten, and twelve in him at the drop of a hat. If you do it the wrong way, you're right. But like, could last night just have been the difference between finishing off Memphis and allowing Sacramento to push you to seven? Yes, because Steph, Clay, I mean, everybody kind of looked gassed to me with yeah. Golden State. They yeah, just they were the, the energy level was down, and the Lakers felt a little more pepped up. Somebody else points out on the text line, Zay, Vanderbilt is going to have to guard Steph for at least three more games. He did a great job last night. That's one game. Defenders have gotten worn down guarding Steph. Yep, that's what he does. That's no exactly doubt. what he does. Now, in Vanderbilt's case, he doesn't have to give them much on the other end, though. No. He's not going to focus on offense, so he can really focus on, i got to stop Steph. And that's where Steve Kerr, whoever's guarding Vanderbilt, we're helping on Anthony Davis. We're helping on LeBron when he drives. Austin Reeves when he comes off certain pick and rolls. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell. And we're making guys like Vanderbilt shoot that shot. We're making LeBron with his percentage right now shoot that three. And if they do it, then we'll adjust to that. But we got you got to stop Anthony Davis if you're the Warriors. And, yeah, man, I Jordan Poole, I'd take that shot. I'd ask him to shoot that next next game, too. If he had that same opportunity, same situation, shoot that same shot. Isn't it wild that we're in a series, again, with Steph and LeBron, and after game one, it's Steph that people – not not that the, the question, but it's Steph that passed at the end of the game to let somebody else take the shot. That's normally the criticism LeBron gets. Yeah. Right? But it, we, he had to. He got he got pinned into that situation. I, I hadn't even thought of the timeout aspect he of that. He had two. Where is Steve Kerr on that one? Because – Asking Steph to do it is one thing, but somebody—it's the coach, or couldn't another, other players can't do it. You got to have the ball, right? I mean, it's you, it's Kerr or Curry there. It's got to call that. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you get double teamed and make the right play like Steph did, now you're what in the four on three situation. So right. they had the yeah. advantage. And it was an open and shot. And they got an open shot right. from a guy that shot the ball over 50% yesterday from three-point yeah. line. And you know what? Everybody backed it up. I like that about the postgame presser. Even though you lose, Kerr, 
to a man. Kerr didn't say I should have taken a timeout. Steph didn't say I should have taken a timeout. Draymond, everybody said, no, no, we'll take that shot. Yeah. He was having a good night. He had an open look. We made a basketball play. He missed a basketball shot, and we'll let him take it again if he gets it. That's what I'm saying. I like that attitude. Yeah, like Steve Kerr knows damn well. Jordan could have easily shot it when Stockton came to help in 97. No doubt. He could have easily shot that day. No, he trusted Steve Kerr. So it would be very contradicting for Steve Kerr not to trust his role players in that moment, especially when they're cooking. The only difference would be I don't think Steph probably said to Poole, I'm coming. Watch. (laughs) I'm coming to you. Be ready. Jordan did say that to Steve Kerr. Yeah, it was scripted. He pre-planned that one. Steph did not exactly pre-plan saying to Poole, maybe that would have helped. Poole, hey, I'm coming to you. See, that's what if, I'm if they double me, I'm coming right to you. Get ready to, to win this game. See, and that's what's so important about coaching because we talk about that moment all the time, and all we do is mention Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr. But who drew that play? Phil. Yeah. Zen Master. It's true. Like we don't talk. That's why people hated on me when I was like, I'd take Dirk and KG over Tim Duncan. I ain't Pop. Pop's a freaking genius. Right. Yeah, yeah. A freaking genius when it comes to the game of basketball. No disrespect to Timmy. Absolute legend. One of the best bank shots I've ever seen. That weird old jump hook where he leaned into you with his right shoulder, then jump back with the uh, with his right hand and get an and one every single time. Tim Duncan was amazing. But you cannot tell me if he didn't have Greg Popovich he would have had the career he did I think not oh he would tell you that I'm sure I hope yeah just like I hope that Michael and Scotty would tell you Michael Jordan's not the exact same Michael Jordan if Phil Jackson's not the coach yeah we got we got to give him some credit for that I don't gotta we gotta give him that credit especially as we lead back into uh the other um the other stuff that that, that we've got on tap tonight is game two Philadelphia Boston Coaching has already been discussed in that series in a big way on the Boston side. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got an update on the Joel Embiid. Looks like Embiid's going to go tonight for Philadelphia. MVP, baby. We will talk, and he got the MVP. Congrats to Joel Embiid there. We'll continue to talk NBA today. We've also got some NFL to get into. A former Longhorn finding a new home on a pretty damn good team. He's also switching from the NFC to the AFC. If you missed that story, we'll tell you who it is coming up on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite Black Crows tunes. Here we go. Uh-huh. Black Crows and Aerosmith coming to town. If you haven't heard, Moody Center, October 23rd. It's Aerosmith's farewell tour, the Peace Out farewell tour. And the Black Crows are going out with them. Very cool. Visit the contest page at hornfm.com to win a pair of tickets to the Farewell Show. Tickets are on sale this Friday. You can win yours, again, win them before you can buy them on the contest page. hornfm.com. 
from the first album here. Are you into either Aerosmith or Black Crows before you started listening this week? Aerosmith, yes. Black Crows, not so much. Okay. And I feel ashamed saying that. That's no, all right. You know. They I've were heard great things. Black Crows are really good. I think they're just like uh, Guns N' Roses. They could have been even better, but the lead singer's ego kind of got in the way at times. Ah, it always happens. Supposedly, they're, they're in a great place now. And it's also, there are literally brothers in that band. Always, always complicates things. Yeah. So we're, ta- we're not just talking about lead singer guitar dynamic. They're brothers. So it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But apparently, they're in a good spot right now. I saw them last year. They were great. Can't wait. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm going to end up there seeing them open for uh, Aerosmith. We'll see if the Ticketmaster robots let me get tickets or not. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Black Crows get us started today. Hope you are having a great Wednesday. There's a lot of good stuff coming in uh, basketball-wise. Also, someone lets us know, not just someone, the great Chris Bennett on uh, the text line lets us know that bacon-flavored Spam is the best. Ooh. There's a bacon-flavored Spam? I ain't never heard of that. Wow. That sounds serious. Okay. That sounds serious. Someone texted, I thought Steven, uh, Chris Bennett, I thought Steven Tyler got canceled. No, I don't think so. What's Steven done? Mm. What's Steven do? I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't heard either. Everybody's getting canceled nowadays, so who knows? Good grief. All right, so um, we got obviously a lot of basketball that that we're into. There's only one game tonight, Philly and Boston. Again, Embiid. Good to go. Wins the MVP yesterday. Great video of him winning it, if you haven't seen it. They're sitting there as a team in the hotel, uh, obviously because they're in Boston right now. His reaction was awesome. James Harden coming over to him and hugging him was awesome. And uh, it's a hell of a story. Joel Embiid, I know a lot of people thought he should have been the guy, Zay. He had a couple performances late that locked it in for some people. Plus, Denver had some slips, you know, and, and – Jokic and Denver, as a, they just didn't. It didn't have that feel to it. I'm happy for Embiid that he got it. It's hard to three peat yeah, MVP. That too. It, it, it's really hard because you start to get stale. People are like, "Oh, he's doing the same old thing." I remember Russell Westbrook had like this third straight year of averaging a triple double, and everybody was like, "Ah, whatever." Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just weird how we not look fancy at things. anymore. Yeah, the guy was a number one seed, and this is the year that he didn't get MVP. I think that's a little bit odd, but. Joel Embiid, I think he deserved it one of the two years Joker won it. And if you look back at his career coming out of Kansas, I didn't even think he'd get to this point. I didn't think he'd last. All those knee injuries, all those foot problems, it just seemed like he was injury prone. He would have to deal with it throughout his career, a la Yao Ming. And, you know, you see somebody like Zion right now who's going through his own injury troubles. But Zion's played more games than Embiid did his first four years in the league. So if you're a Pelicans That's hard fan, to believe. that is very hard yeah. to believe. If you're a Pelicans fan, that should excite you a little bit because you look where Joel Embiid is now, MVP of the association. His team has the chance to go 2-0 against the Boston Celtics tonight. Yeah, very excited for him. Congratulations. Because of those the injury history, I've heard Stephen A. this morning and others saying they think he should rest. I know a lot of people are saying, but after game one, uh, even throwing the idea of, a, hey, send him back to Philly now. Just send him back. Get him rehabbing right now because you got the split, got what you need. But we said it yesterday, Zay. If you got a chance to step on the neck tonight, don't you do it if he's good. Yeah. If he can go, don't you let him play? Yeah. If he could go and he's cleared, then let him play. Yeah. But if I'm the Boston Celtics – 
he's going to be involved in every single pick and roll from the start of the game till the end of the game. Yeah, test- we're testing that. We are testing it out. Yeah, it's a good idea. Also, real quick, before we get to football, give me your thought on Joe Missoula as the coach of the Celtics. Do you think there's something about that dynamic that is hurting Boston? No. Okay. No, I think they're just they're still young. People forget Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't think they're over twenty six years old yet. These guys, they're not in their prime. Hmm. We look at them because they got to the finals last year of they're right there. They're not even in their prime yet. So they're still learning the game in a way. Now, should they have let uh Joel Embiid, you know, less sixer team beat them? No. But it happened. This is the NBA. They still have a Hall of Famer on that other side in James Harden that has a whole bunch of NBA records. He's pretty damn good, and he was cooking like Houston James Harden the other night. So you took an L. But I, if they lose the series, then come talk to me. Right. But okay. you can't trip over a game. It's about how you respond. I know losing to the Hawks when they didn't have DeJounte Murray – that was interesting. Right. So th- sometimes they do play lesser to the competition. Blowing that big lead like they yeah, did against the that's That could be alarming. Yeah. I get it. But I think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both of those guys being the main players on the team, them being so young, you're going to have your ups and downs at times. And that's what we saw the other night. By the way, good call on those ages. Tatum, 25. Brown, 26. Yeah. Yeah, they are relatively young in the in the in the game right now. All right, uh, speaking of age, uh, this guy's twenty seven that we'll mention, but I kind of like seeing this story for a former Longhorn. If you're a Texas football fan, you know the name Puna Ford, and you know that he was drafted by Seattle. Well, now he is uh, he's gotten a one year deal to Buffalo. It's a really interesting move here for Puna Ford. Because of what Seattle had going on, Zay, they were forced to play Puna in positions he was not used to. They were because we all know what the natural thing for Puna Ford is: badass middle of your line D tackle, interior, interior D tackle. Keep him inside, please. Go. What is it? Rod Babers likes to talk about on the afternoon show: be a plunger. Yeah. Go be the plunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Puna Ford. They were forced to play him uh, either at an outside D tackle or even out on the edge at times, nah. and it just didn't work out for him. Uh, but he has been really durable so far in his NFL career. He goes to Buffalo. If uh, and I'd forgotten about this, Daquan Jones got hurt during their run last year, and then they gave up all of that to Cincinnati. Cincinnati gutted them after he got hurt. So Puna's going to go in. He'll back up Daquan Jones. They, of course, still have Ed Oliver on that line. Uh, Jordan Phillips is still on that line. So Puna Ford looking to uh, help fortify things for an AFC power. Look for Puna this season in red, white, and blue. Yeah, I I mean, when you look at the Bills, everybody, including myself, I picked them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of 2022. And they've had so many things negative happened to him from DeMar Hamlin to both of their safeties getting hurt. Michael Hyde, he missed a lot of time, which made DeMar Hamlin get clock. And then the other core, Poyer, was Poyer? I don't know, I forget his name, it's slipping me right now. But the other safety, he ended up getting hurt too. So they were missing key pieces. Like, both of those guys healthy, they might be the best duo safety in the league. And Mm -hmm. they missed those guys. And I think just the DeMar Hamlin thing, that turned the whole season around. So, yes, this is a good get for, you know, Puna Ford going to the Bills. It definitely helps their interior line. But it's so easy to just look at Kansas City and – 
the Bengals and what the Bengals did to him, especially the game that DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, laid out on. And then also in the playoffs that they're just so much further along than Buffalo. I don't think so. I think if Buffalo gets healthy, then they're right there at Super Bowl contenders. But, you know, you got to be healthy. You have to have that luck in order to win Super Bowls. No doubt. By the way, uh, you were dead on on the name Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer. It's just a tough last name because it it sounds like it's never going to (laughs) stop. You don't know where to end it. Poyer, Poyer, yes. Jordan Poyer, you're right. Yo, Poyer and Hyde together. Yes. Elite. Micah Hyde, right. Uh, That's a good point. And uh, by the way, my mistake, thanks to Chris Bennett for clarifying, uh, Puna wasn't drafted by Seattle. Undrafted free agent to Seattle, but that's obviously where he had made his name so far. Thank you for that, uh, Chris Bennett. That'd be a hell of a story. He's already a hell of a story that he was undrafted and found a place you know, uh, on a team, and now he's got a chance to really help Buffalo out. So keep your eyes peeled for that story if you're a Longhorn fan. Also, uh, I thought this one was interesting, Zay. Arizona declining the fifth-year option on Isaiah Simmons. Wow. I mean... He's already been in the league four years? Let's start there. Yeah, that's, that's Am coming that gone quick. I'm it's, that old? It's coming gone quick. <laughs> I mean, blink of an eye. Right, yeah, because it seemed like he was just winning national championships over at Clemson. Man. And, you know, coming into the league, his bright spot was him being versatile, mm-hmm. him being able to do multiple things. And sometimes you could play him at safety. You could play him at nickel. He could rush the edge. He could play that middle linebacker spot. He could do so many things because he's such a freak and so athletically gifted. But that's also been the issue. He hasn't been able to focus on one thing. So when you have so many different responsibilities and they're moving you around so much and you're so young, sometimes these guys still need to learn the game. And that could be a lot. And we saw with all the guys that they got rid of on that coaching staff for Arizona, things weren't going well. Things haven't went well. That's why Cliff Kingsbury right. is over there in Compton hanging with uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. So I, I can't really knock his development. I think he's got the short end of the stick. Yes, he should be better than what he was drafted, but I don't think he's gotten the right opportunity in Arizona. I totally agree with you. I am always going to give a defensive player a second chance if Cliff Kingsbury was his head coach. (laughs) I do not believe – I'm sorry. He doesn't believe in defense. He never has. He'll never focus on it. They're going with a defensive mindset now. Let's see what Isaiah Simmons does. This floored me, Zay, to your point about multiple positions. Last year he played 350 snaps at corner – 318 at outside linebacker, 107 at inside linebacker, 72 snaps at safety, 22 as a D lineman. That's crazy. Four years in the league, he has already played five different positions. That's ridiculous, man. So maximize what he can do. They're again, they're going with a they're going with the classic offense to defense with this new coaching staff. Let's see if they can really figure it out. And then who knows? By the end of this season, maybe Arizona realizes, oh, you know what? That is a versatile freak, and we cannot let him go. Forget about it. Forget about team option. Let's get a new deal done before he gets out of here. Not everybody's Bobby Wagner. And can do every single thing. Now Bobby Wagner's definitely lost a step up in his right. 30s now, but in his hay, oh. he could do everything. Yeah. Not, not every- everybody's that. Not everybody's Earl Thomas. Yeah. Not a, do anything you want him to do. By the way, Wagner and Thomas were on the same defense, which mm. is kind of why they were. Ah, who they, yeah, they were pretty good. Kind of why nice. they were who they were yeah. back in the day, plus Cam Chancellor and all those other guys. Um, shout out to that Legion of Boom defense. Those two stories, plus the most obvious NFL story of the day, Aaron Rodgers gets Randall Cobb.
as a receiver. Yo, man, Aaron Rodgers embracing the New York culture. He's been at both Knicks games, Chad. Then he was at the Rangers game for the hockey uh, uh, playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, you're doing all the right things right now, buddy. Good job. You see who he was sitting next to last night? Entourage. He was sitting next to Turtle. Yeah. Turtle's New York through and through. (laughs) What's that kid? Jerry Jerry Ferrara. There you go. Ferrara. Born and raised New York. That's my dude. Come on, I love him. I love him, too. He's love a great that show. Oh, I love the show. Love that show. Entourage. He was also in 50 Cent's The Power. Is that right? Not The Power. Power. But I, he was in that. I've never watched that show. Was it good? Yeah. You don't it's good. Look, I, I, you don't I, look convinced. I enjoy it because I like some serious okay. ignorance, and that's what it is. <laughs> like, it's the most serious ignorance you could possibly put on TV. I'm like, I know this is supposed to be serious, 50, but this is funny, and- I can't look away. And my wife watches it with me, and then he has like eight spinoffs, which they're hard to keep up with, but it's 50 cents. So you know he's genius, but you know the genius comes with a lot of ignorance, too, and he puts that all into a show, and he's taking over stars, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know what kind of endorsement that is. <laughs> it is an endorsement. Uh, coming up. I recommend it to everyone. All right. I can, I can tell. Uh, coming up at 105, Justin Wells, Inside Texas, On3.com. We'll get his thoughts on the Cowboys draft, talk some Longhorn stuff as well. What does he think of Bijan and Atlanta and where the other guys got drafted? Uh, up next, though, in the crap bag, I'll get you the great news and the terrible news. They both came really close together last night. This is the horn. Chad and Zay. This will do it. Just about supper time. If you're from a certain part of the world, it is supper. It's not dinner. Zay, did you grow up eating dinner or supper? Dinner. You were a dinner? Yeah. Okay. Dinner guy. Yeah. Now I'm a supper guy. I was raised by way too many country folk. It was always supper. Yeah. (laughs) Supper time. Come in for supper. When are we having supper? Uh, CCR? Creedence Clearwater Revival? That's right. Uh, that would be down on the corner. Is that what it's called, right? Down on the corner. Oh, that's great stuff. Uh, CCR and the Black Crows getting us started today. Remember, when we are done, it's Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. Your full Wednesday lineup. Wednesday night flex at 7. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 8. Fight night at 9. And Sports Guys Talking Wrestling at 10. Coming up at 1.30 in our flex segment, Cameron Parker is going to join us. Uh, you hear him each week on Wednesday night flex. We'll get a, um, we'll get a couple of the guests they've got lined up for the show. But also Cameron's going to be calling some high school baseball playoffs. He deals with the Round Rock team. We'll ask him about how good the Dragons are. Also, you got this Westlake Vandergriff series that's about to start, and we'll get his thoughts on who the best baseball teams are to watch if you're looking to get out for some playoff action. Uh, speaking of playoffs, that is where the crap bag will go for a crazy story of great news and not so great news. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Our man Tom from AV will love this because I'm about to talk hockey. Sometimes 
deserves matters. Sometimes it's a perfect storybook ending and people say things like, well, it was just meant to happen that way. The sports gods just couldn't resist. Not last night. Not last night. The Dallas Stars started their series with the, what do they call them? The Seattle Kraken. Um, They start the series and they get back Joe Pavelski. Remember Pavelski getting hurt earlier in the playoffs? Yeah, he came back last night. Joe Pavelski is 38 years old, even in hockey. That's kind of old. And then Joe went off. He got a goal. And then he got a goal. And then he got another one. Hat trick. Hat trick. People started throwing the hats, and you're like, my God, Pavelski has that. This is incredible. Pavelski added another one. He went Four goals deep, kids. He's the oldest player to have four goals in a playoff game in NHL history. And the fourth goal tied the game and sent it to overtime. And then the Kraken won in overtime. Oh, damn it. Yeah, that's tough. It was all so good. And they wanted, and then the media has to ask Pavelski about it after the game. But of course, he's a team guy. He's a hockey player, so all he's going to say is, yeah, we lost. This sucks. No, no, it's not going to be a night I remember forever because we lost the game. Game two is tomorrow night, by the way, uh, between Dallas and Seattle, 8.30. It's on TNT tomorrow. Uh, That sucked, man. Incredible performance, but you hate it when it happens like that in a loss. That is game one of that series. Look out for that new Seattle team, man, taking out – um, taking out a team in the first round, and they are just and now start the series. And that was in Dallas you too. Know, That's the other thing in Dallas going to get game one. Yeah, it's tough. Now when they go to Seattle, do they play at Key Arena or the Sea Supersonics used to play, or do they have a new place now? I don't they know. They better not have a new place, and we don't have the Sonics back yet. <laughs> that better not. Adam Silver ain't no way, because that was the big issue. Let me. I could double The check. people in Seattle, they did not want to get a new arena. And they were like, yo, Key's old as hell. We can't keep doing this. Let me double check that for you. I will check that for you. So they're going to go tomorrow night and – oh, no, that's in Dallas. My bad. Hang on. Thursday. So let's check Saturday. No, it'll be Sunday – and they go Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. But maybe that's just a rename. That might be. Climate Pledge Arena. I have to look that one up. See if that's the former key arena. Yo, man. Uh, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. What a show. Yeah. What a show they used to put on back then. No Pacific doubt. Northwest. But yeah, yeah. if they're there, Key Arena used to be rocking. Uh, we'll be the first net zero certified arena in the world. We'll serve as the long lasting and regular reminder. When was it built? Uh, opened. Oh, no, 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 no. Opened 1962. It must be the same place. Yeah. Located, yep. Same place. Located in Seattle Center. Uh huh. Yep. Uh oh, stars. Uh oh. Opened for the 1962 World's Fair, apparently. Back <laughs> oh, in the man. Day. So there you go. A little bit of craziness uh, in the in the hockey world. Hopefully, Dallas can bounce back uh, off of that one. But that is a tough way to lose a game. Oh, oh with the Bruins out, it's anybody's game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. anybody's game. Yeah. So it was, and it was Florida that took them out. And Seattle just took somebody out. I think that was supposed, it was pretty damn good, too. They took out, uh, did they take Colorado out? 
I think. Ooh. I think. Am I right on that? Mm. I'm trying to update myself on hockey because we're getting to that point of the year where I have to, you know. Yes, they did. I was right. Look at that. Look at that. They beat Colorado in, yeah, they took them to a seventh game and won game seven, 2 1 in Colorado. Dope. Wow. Go ahead, Seattle. Like actually, those upsets. Actually, don't go ahead, Seattle, because you're doing it against Dallas. We don't, yeah. need, we don't need you to do that. Um, one other quick note from the fighting world here in the crap bag. Amanda Nunez has a new opponent now. We were going to get Nunez and Pena 3, but Juliana Pena is injured, so they're taking her out of the fight later on this year. I think this is November when they've said it. Um, so Irene Aldana is in this fight. She's won four out of her last five. She's got three finishes in those fights, and she has been inserted into this uh, into this fight. So is co- Nunez Lioness? Correct. Woo! Yes, she's the one that was the double champ. Lost one of the lost the one thirty five belt to Pena, then went back and got it, and she's got both belts again. Ah, so yeah, they they are set for. Or due for a third time Yeah, to go. they need a third. They need one. They'll yeah. get a third one at some point. Um, Irene Aldana, apparently a pretty good fighter. And like Pena is from Mexico uh, and has a chance to be, there's only been three or four Mexican champions in UFC. So she's got a chance. That's always a little bit dangerous when you're changing opponents you know, during the, during the, the lead up. But I think they have at least a couple months to get ready for that one. Why uh, is it dangerous? Is the scouting different? Obviously, you, yeah, cause if it's you a gotta very, go about... If it's training a, different, if based it's a, on all you're fighting, right? If it's a really different fighter, yeah. you know, just a, mm-hmm. everything's going to change. Your, your, also the fact that she's already fought Pena twice. Yeah, she knows her game. She knows her a little more, and and maybe doesn't know this uh, this other fighter as much. But I, I got to think Amanda will be fine. But that's coming up a little later in the year and uh, later in the week on Friday. I'll get you a preview of the UFC card this weekend because one of the greats is uh, is coming back and trying to get a belt back. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on in UFC right now. That is your crap bag. We do it every day about twelve forty five. Up next, Justin Wells inside Texas on three dot com. His thoughts on the Cowboys draft, Longhorn. Uh, focus there, Bijan, and obviously the other guys drafted. Plus, we'll get Justin's thoughts uh, on some other things, including Texas basketball. In our flex segment, we'll preview the Wednesday night flex show tonight and talk with Cameron Parker about those baseball playoffs. And then Zay's got where we at in society for you at 145. Stay with us. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. There's a lot going on. This is the Horn.